This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader the station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Tonight, only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Does anyone here know the lyrics? Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tonight, only on Disney+. Plus. This is David. Welcome back behind the velvet robe. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the one, the only Miss Nicole Rose Stillings. <laughs> Hi, thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us. Now you're in New York too. So I already love you dearly because you're a New Yorker or you're in New yep. York now. I am. Well, I'm not in New York right I now. Know. I, I'm in oh, Florida. you're not. Oh, wow. Okay. I, you know what it is like, you know, Florida's just so easy in the pandemic. So I am coming back. I'm, I'm in there. I'm, I'm there next week for a couple of weeks and I'll just go in and out when there's work, you know? right now where in well where in new york do you live and where in florida i was in florida for a little bit of the pandemic but if i had to do it all over again i would have left day one and been in florida the whole time so i I get it it's it's like a laid-back vibe right and in new york it's still like very amped up and people are very nervous and um you know and i understand that but um so yeah in new york i lived in chelsea for the last seven years i've been there for 10 years um now would be like my 11th year but i feel like i was only there for like four months out of this year. So we're in Chelsea. Because um, I'm in Chelsea. So do you have a lawn building? This is funny. The one of the things, you know how I said in the big shot, I said I went viral for something. It's actually two things, but whatever. The most re- one was in 2013. That's like a lifetime ago. So it doesn't count. But the, the most recent one was I had a break-in in that building, my doorman. Like it's all over the New York Post. Maybe I shouldn't say anymore and just let you guys all wonder. I was just going to say, well, first of all, I went viral once in 2010. We can get into that. It still counts. And second of all, I love how we're both about to give out our exact addresses. Yeah, I, I was just like, wait a second. But I am in Chelsea too. I imagine you were probably close to where I am. I was going to give you my social security too, if you have a pen and paper. Seriously. <laughs> Listen, here behind the velvet rope, we take all sorts of information that we can get. So wait, so there was a break-in in your Chelsea building? There and- was a break-in. I'll, I'll give you guys the, I'll give you guys the tea because this is like a good one. I haven't talked about this in a while because it literally gave me nightmares for a year and a half. So I'm on a plane. This is 2019, right? The last year that the world was like in action. I'm on a plane to Bali. Some friends and I bought a house for charity at an event. We just decided, oh, like, like let's rent this villa. It's for charity. Why not? Sense, right? Um, and... So we, I'm on the plane, I'm flying by myself over to meet everybody. And 
Um, I'm, a, I'm sitting down. I'm watching Mary Poppins Returns. I don't know if you're a Mary Poppins fan. We're probably in the same like demo. I am not, believe it or not. I mean, I am a self-respecting <laughs> gay man, but Mary Poppins, that just, no, I just no. don't, I don't, I don't have anything against her. It's not my thing. I just like really, really wanted, I, my parents were never home growing up and I just really wanted a Danny that could fly and you produce anything I wanted out of her bag, you know? Anyway, so I'm watching Mary Poppins return and I'm just relaxing. I had just shut down my laptop. I was like totally geared up into vacation mode, like done with my emails, et cetera. And my cell phone just starts flashing and it's my nest cams. And it's like, someone's in your home. Someone's in your home. And the time in New York is like three 34 in the morning. I'm like, that's really weird. My dog's with the dog sitter. I'm like, this doesn't make a lot of sense. And I pull up the camera and my doorman is in my home going through all my things, just opening drawers, looking at pictures, setting everything back. Weirdly not stealing anything. Took a bottle of water out of the fridge, sits down on my couch like 10 minutes later and just does his business. Really? <laughs> well, first I was going to say before that, I was going to say I have never, cause I'm just, I, I don't have that fear. Like if I lived in a house in wherever I would be pet, I could not sleep. I would be like someone, this is where you knock down the door with an ax and kill me <laughs> in New York. It's like, I mean, there's a doorman. So I have no fear. I thought you were going to say like someone broke in and was going to like, was doing like killing people. I was like, now I'm scared. Cause I've had a doorman for all these years, but like, what was your doorman crime. just like, it was it you or was this like others in your building too? The, it only happened to me uh, is my current knowledge. The DA said he thought that he hadn't, you know, he had some wow. kind of weird obsession or something. And he, you know, there's a, there's a restraining order and, and wow. but very weird. I didn't. Well, okay. So now I'm going to have to Google this. That is really weird. Yeah. And you, you need a security cam, by the way, to all the ladies and the gays out there listening to this, get an S cam. Yeah. I, I like, don't have one, but now I want one. Yeah. If you yep. think about it, they know when you're away and yep. there's full access. So God only knows. Yeah. I just, <laughs> I live like, as if I'm the only person in New York city. Cause I'm like very trusting. I'm like, Oh, whatever. I'll just leave my door unlocked. Like I'm one of those. Cause it's like, I have a doorman, but in reality, David, wake up and smell the coffee. I hope that doesn't happen to everybody, but maybe your doormen are, are more qualified than mine. <laughs> oh my God. Well, that's scary. Do you still live in that same building? Hell no. You're kidding. Right. <laughs> and I mean, at I that point, do you get, cause someone had an accent here. Now it is different. Like they had something with the elevator. Let's not even get into it, but they now live here for free or any related building. Like you should have gotten like a free. Oh, it's related. Okay. Yeah. I lived in a related property a couple of years ago. This is probably boring for any of your listeners. No. Well, I mean, yeah. The ones that don't live in your, well, there's related in other parts of the country. I feel, yeah, there is. And I was with AIMCO, which is like another big like competitor to related. And I feel like related is uh, more, you know, cares more about their community because AIMCO was like what are you sure and I was like ah yeah here's the footage New York that was like it they just didn't care they they fired him but wow yeah I think you would get a free apartment if it was related (laughs) now what because you know you are a world-class DJ that's one of the things you moved to New York to pursue so how has that been affected I imagine like you're not working during COVID or you haven't been yeah so so it at first it was 
it was deeply challenging in the beginning, you know, almost a year ago or a little over a year ago, you know, we saw overnight, you know, over six figures in contracts just disappear. And of course, you know, force majeure, like they were allowed, it was within their right to, to cancel everything. Plus it was, you know, in the public's best interest that we cancel everything. So, um, you know, we returned deposits, let people out of contracts and just kind of regrouped. And that's when I, you know, came live with, you know, the podcast is now called Big Queen Energy. It was a kind of a different format um, before. But yeah, so I think I've kind of I try to make lemons out of lemonade where I can. So obviously that, you know, sucked. And we had so many cool things queued up. But it really gave me a chance to focus on building out this other side of me and to really, you know, work on and grow the podcast and, and as well to participate in the big shot would have been very hard if I was DJing every other day. So when the world falls apart, everyone go and start a podcast. <laughs> Don't you think that's what everyone did? Come on. <laughs> well, I mean, I had mine before, but I have to say mine before was two days a week and it was doing well. And then because of the pandemic, it was three days a week for now. It's five days a week, I guess. And it's holy like- mother of God. Thank you. Thank you. Everyone, are you listening to it? Nicole? <laughs> Thank you. From one podcast host to the next, people think that I wake up and just blink my eyes and it's all beautiful. It's a lot of fucking work. Crazy amount of work. It's crazy. It's crazy. I'm like that. I have the opposite problem. Like I am backed up. Like there's so many people, like I don't have a problem with content. I have an opposite problem. Like, I don't know how I'm going to get all my shows. Like so many people and I'm not, this isn't like a humble brag. It's truly like, it keeps me up at night. Like publicists are like, what's going on? Like, where is that show? Like what's wrong with you? We're getting there. We're working it out. We're trying, but like, I, I work a lot, you know? And that's but- also incredible that you have an audience that wants to consume that much too. So that's, it speaks to your ability to be a strong podcaster. It's not an easy job. Do you love being a podcaster? Do you love the pivot? I love doing it. I, I, I do. Um, I think look, like you said, there's a lot of, that's why I'm just in awe of how much, how many shows you're producing. Cause it is a lot of work. Cause you, if you don't properly market each show, then what was the point, you know, of moving on to the next one? Totally. Yes. Yes. And yes. It's like, and just the recording and you got to get it out. Right. Is this true? It said it on your website that you DJed with or for like Diana Ross and Noah Cyrus. Like, yeah, is this yeah. what will tell me about this? So, so a lot of times, you know, someone will produce an event and there'll be talent, right? There'll be, you know, musicians or singers there, and then they'll need to DJ to open and close or play, you know, in the middle, et cetera, to give the artists a little bit of a break. So oftentimes we'll get hired for that type of thing. So Noah Cyrus, that was for Lucky Brand Jeans at Coachella at a lounge that they did right outside the property. Um, Diana Ross was for UNICEF Snowflake Gala. I played with Cheryl Crow and Walk the Moon for UNICEF as well. I've, I've done that charity event um, many, many years now. It's at Cipriani's in New York every fall, winter. We did not have one in the pandemic, obviously, though. I take it you got nowhere near Diana Ross, though, because, I mean, she does have a reputation. The, the closest I got to her was a security guy that I knew from the Hamptons. And I was like, honey, I made these headphones for Diana. I had blinged them out. It was back when I had my headphone company, Rose Rockers. And I had blinged out this bright purple disco-y pair with rhinestones. And he was like, these will be in her car. Don't you worry. And I know him. So I know he gave them to her. But no, Diana and I don't like text. You know, I don't know if she, she DMs, but we're not, we're not like that. <laughs> You're not on the text. Well, speaking of the Hamptons you bring up, I mean, and no offense to Diana Ross or Nora Cyrus, but we have a bigger DJ event to talk about. Summer House finale. Oh, Summer House. Yeah, Summer House. So, so I did season one finale. Um, that was so fun. Like my 
my biggest memory from that is Kyle just jumping around with a massive magnum of Whispering Angel and just shouting so loud that you could hear him over the music. Teamwork makes the dream work. And you're just like everyone, the whole crowd just threw their fists in the air and was jumping up and down. And I was just like, this is the moment of my life. Like it just felt like one of those moments where you're like, I never want to leave this. And you, I mean, we didn't know what, you didn't know what Summer House was when you got the gig, right? Because it was season oh, one. I hadn't seen it, you know, because it hadn't aired yet. They were just taping it. And and I knew a few, you know, I, I am friendly with Lindsay and, and good friends with Carl and, and obviously friendly with Kyle. So I was, I was like, yeah, let's do it. And I used to be the music director for Whispering Angel. That's actually part of the reason, like a couple of different mutual friends. And then they, you know, took care of, of hiring me. So it just... It, made, it was a win for everybody, but it was so fun. And then they brought me back throughout season two. I think I'm only in the first two seasons. But I think so. I could be wrong. <laughs> I mean, how times have changed. We had like Lauren Workus and Steven. I'm, oh, and I, the Workus sisters and I were good friends. We did Coachella together one year. They slept on my floor or maybe on top of me. Don't really remember. Probably both. <laughs> so it's all the same Coachella. thing. Yeah. All the same thing. Um, that was very fun. Now Lauren Workus is pregnant. They're all married kids, you know, families, like they're all doing their thing. I haven't seen any of them in a couple of years, but those, those girls are amazing. I love how like seasons one, two, whatever we, it was all about whispering angel. We had yep. whispering angel and now we have lover boy and there's no mention of whispering angel anymore or white girl Rose or anything like that in the Hamptons. On I want to bet that Bravo has a hand in lover boy, right? Cause of the Bethany clause, cause the Bethany clause is a real thing. It is a real thing. And we're going to talk about that in two seconds. But yes, the Bethany Clause is alive and well, which I have some questions about the Bethany Clause. There's some things that are, I didn't think I had any questions and I had a guest a few weeks ago and I'm like, I now have 8 million questions because of you about the Bethany Clause. So I have some things coming up, but yes, they definitely must get a percentage of this. There's no way that's not in the Bethany Clause. And by the way, I haven't tried Loverboy yet, but I need to. I need to support them. Here's the thing. So I drink vodka, period. That is just what I drink. I like straight vodka. So like vodka on the rocks. Yeah. Or like in a nice martini glass. But if it's like a trash bar or not, then I'll do it on the rocks. And let me tell you, by the way, I'm not very high maintenance, but this, when it comes in, <laughs> I those, can just hear like, high maintenance in your, in your, no, 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 <laughs> I am. I'm so it's those, those round French martini glasses. No bueno. So yeah, the, the ones that are shallow. No, thank you. So if it's going to come in that, just tell me. And then I want like a double vodka on the rocks with a lime. If it's the real oh. martini glass, which is a true like V and is big, I will. I love a nice martini with totally. a lime twist. I guess that sounds high maintenance. Just, just a little. Just but it's bit. so um, Lover Boy for me is too not strong. But I have you poured it into my vodka when I've been in the presence of Carl and Kyle just to show my support. You've poured it into your vodka. Like, yeah, like, a, you know, like vodka. Use, and you've used the alcohol as a mixer. Wow. I, my hat goes off to you because I would be on the floor. That sounds like something 21 year old Nicole would totally do, though. It's really, it's really good, but you should try it. <laughs> I'm on it. So the DJ career. So, okay. So, and you love being a podcast host. So life is good, right? You're hosting your podcast. TJ's on hold. You're minding your own business, dealing with the pandemic, which is not great. How do we come to the big shot with Bethany? How does that come into your life? Yeah. So it's funny. I think, you know, it was like last March. Um, I mean, I think part of it is that I had done 
the work to be ready for an opportunity like this, just by my experience. And like, I have real estate experience, right? She, she's now selling, you know, investment properties. I have experience building products, right. And working with factories all over the world with my own headphone line. She has 26 product lines. You know, I have experience in events. I have experience in podcasting. So I just had so many things on my resume that kind of checked some of the boxes for her. Um, and, some of the team actually found me on Instagram. So they reached out. I didn't at the time know who it was because it was really at the beginning of the pandemic. It was a very sensitive time. You know, they weren't going to announce it yet. They were waiting a little bit longer because she so wanted to give, you know, her, her diehard fans a chance. I followed her of course on Instagram. She wanted to give some other people a chance to apply as well. So at first, you know, I, I agreed to, to do a little interview and I didn't know who it was. And then when I found out, I was like, oh my God, I have to get this. This is the opportunity of a lifetime. <laughs> so they reached out to you and they didn't say it was Bethany. They said, what? Just like a well-known so They were like, or... uh, like, they basically were like, it's a girl boss mogul and this is the right fit for you. And I was like, okay, well, I don't, I don't know how well we know each other yet, but I'm going to go with it. <laughs> well, and you also had social, you have social media experience, like you have influencing experience. Exactly. Your social media is, and there's people like you, it's so well curated. Like Thank some you. days I look great. Some days I look like a disgusting mess. And I'm like, <laughs> guys, the pictures are going up. Like, I just, I'm not one of those that has every box equal and pretty. I'm just like, some days are nice. Some days are not nice. Thank you. I mean, look, you know what though? It takes a lot of work. And sometimes I wonder if it's, if it's technically worth it, but, but we get a lot of our following from hashtags. So if you go to somebody, you see somebody in a hashtag and you go to that page and it's not well curated, I'm not following. What about you? You know? Yeah, I get it. What? So when they said girl boss, did anything go through your mind? Like, did you have, you know, like this could be, I don't know, Paris Hilton. Like, did you have ideas? Did your mind, I mean, your mind must've gone there somehow. Like, honestly, I, I I really was like, I don't think I, I had no idea that it was her. I I might've said something to a friend, like, and like. So the funny thing is my group of friends in college would like call me mini Bethany after college because I saw her and I think you wanted to talk about this anyway. So I saw Bethany, you know, as she was coming up and getting more and more popular on the Real Housewives, like 2010, 2012, you know, 2014, right? She's rising and rising in popularity. She's building skinny girls, skinny girls, really skinny girl margarita, right? At the time was really, really taking off, still an awesome product, right? So I... I always wanted to work for myself and she's a non-traditional entrepreneur and I never had that type of a role model growing up. So I have just had so much respect. I've been in awe of how she's built her career. I, I never knew it was possible to do what she did until she I'm did Brilliant. Yes. She's, she's very brilliant. B stands you know, for brilliant. <laughs> B stands for brilliant. You know, like, and if you listen to her and stuff, you, she'll say, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, but it's, at least she says like, I this was my plan all along and going to the housewives. Like I got it that this was, you know, look at this platform. Like we need to mention products 24 seven. Like this is free advertising. Like she's pretty obvious now, but it wasn't really back then. And she got it. She's like, I'm not going here for whatever. It was like, no one was doing it. You know what I mean? I don't understand why no one was doing it, but I mean, now I think it's obvious, but I only think it's obvious because I stalked her down when I saw she was doing it and just tried to learn everything from her that I could. So then this happening, like, 
you know, six or eight, eight years later or whatever it is, like, is, I mean, it feels like a really like full manifestation. Like I couldn't believe it when they told me it was her. I was like, holy moly. Like I didn't really, I was just kind of like, so, so on the interview process, I had a bunch of things going on. I actually had a podcast deal with Spotify and they dropped me. So then after that, I was like, all right, I definitely have time for this, you know? What was this podcast deal like it was going forward and then they just said, forget it. So it was the, like, I think, yeah, I'm sure you have this experience. In the beginning of the pandemic, a lot of advertisers pulled out. I had done a whole pilot with them. They were on the fence about buying it. They had paid for it. Like we had been working together nine months. I think we were, you know, close. And then advertisers pulled out. Nobody what knew what the status of the world was. And, you know, they kept Michelle Obama and Kim K. I mean, I'm nowhere. You know what I mean? I get, I get that, right? I mean, <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. I mean, so you're probably... I don't know. I mean, I get calls for stuff like that all the time. It's I, I, there's something you're probably better off. Not like it probably yeah. worked out. I don't know. Well, if it would have prohibited me so... contractually. Wow. I wouldn't have been able to do Bethany's show, which I think was probably just a, certainly a, a greater learning opportunity. Wow. So see, it all worked out that you didn't get that deal. Exactly. Oh, see, it all worked out. So what was the process like in COVID? Like, was it a long process? And like, at what point did you find out it was Bethany? Was it like 17 rounds or was it like two <laughs> rounds? It's Bethany. Cause I've been in the mix for a lot of reality TV myself, including like the, the apprentice with Mark Burnett back in the day. So like, but I'm curious what your process was with this. Cause oh my God, different. that would have been so funny if you did that. So we could like compare notes or maybe I mean, you have notes from that I, interview process. <laughs> I got, I was flown to LA, like put up at, I met Mark Burnett and Donald Trump in the last like round. Like it was, you were sequestered. It she was said the that they put deal. you guys in little, I read her in Bethany's book. She talks about that interview process. And she said that you guys were like locked in your hotel rooms for like 20 hour, 23 hours a day. You were allowed out to eat an interview and then shoved back in. Yes. And like the, the times to eat were at all different times. Like you couldn't like, you know, if you went to like the salad bar and said hi to someone that was not allowed, just even a mere high is like, you could be forming an alliance. And if you're both chosen, like you literally were not allowed to speak to anybody. And like, I mean, just, I get that though too. Yeah. Like, like unfair if people show up and they're cheating. So that, that was very similar to our experience that like, you know, they were steadfast and nobody, you know, they, they took precautions to make sure that people couldn't gang up on anybody else or form alliances. But, but I will say this, a big difference between Mark Burnett's The Apprentice and The Big Shot is that The Apprentice had so many more um, group challenges, whereas this was a lot of individualistic tasks on The Big Shot with Bethany, if that makes sense. That makes sense. So was it like, I mean, what was it? Was it like months or was it like weeks? Like what was the process? Yeah, was so it- the interview process was like, I want to say about six months. Um, and I found out maybe a month or two in that it was her. And then that's when I would like made up my mind that like, I was really going to get this. I like wrote a post-it note on my mirror that said, you will be on the big shot with Bethany. I remember this post-it note and I looked at it every single day and just reminded myself, you know, cause it, like, I think it's challenging too doing stuff like this in, you know, in our current world landscape, but they took every single precaution. I can't get into too much of it, but it was incredibly safe. They followed all the guidelines. Um, but I think it just took a little longer to plan, you know? Did you do anything like, I mean, so as you were going along in the process, you must've been like, okay, I'm on another round. Like I must be doing well. Right. Like, could you tell like you were doing well? Like it just, this is, this is real. Or did you think like, I'm doing horrible and wow, I don't know how I'm going to the next round. No, I was, you know, when you know that you're meant for something, Mm -hmm. I just could feel it. You know, like, I'm not going to say there was no insecurity there because I obviously really wanted it. And a lot of things had gone south for me that year. So, you know, it felt like there was a lot on the line that I really wanted this one thing because a lot of my other 
you know, businesses just were non-existent at the current moment. But um, I really felt in my gut that I was the right fit for this based on my experience and based on just how ironic it was that my friends used to call me Minnie Bethany, that I looked up to her ever since I was, you know, in my mid-20s and starting on my own entrepreneurial journey. And um, when, when one of the, I guess, one of the casting people said to me, that they, that I reminded her so much of Bethany and that she would either love me or hate me. I, I kind of knew that's when I was in, but I was like, Oh, the hate part. I was like, um, I hope, I hope it goes the other way. I hope it goes a lot in the love direction. <laughs> I mean, we're going to get into that in a few minutes, but I could see that. I mean, I could see that before sitting here with you, but like, it's like, yeah, like you are like a mini Bethany. <laughs> Did you meet like Mark Burnett or Bethany in this process, like digitally or? So I think it was different because of, once again, the situation going in the world, we didn't fly out to LA. We typically would, I think it would have been very, your experience. Um, So no, I didn't, but I think they met me, you know? So it was just not a two-way street at that time. And then when you got it, like, what was that like? Pack your bags tonight. We're in, moved down the street because it was filmed in New York. You must've yeah. loved that. I, right. I was there. So for me, that was easy. I know for some people that was probably a scramble. You know, there were people that had to leave a lot more, you know, not just, first of all, they had to leave a job for someone else. Right. So that's trickier to kind of finagle or they had to leave families, children, husbands, you know, there were a lot of tragic things. I remember this, um, one of my friends, Jenna, she, her husband's, her father-in-law, her husband's father died while we were filming. It was crazy. You know, everybody's heart went out to her and, and, you know, you're busy and you're not on your phone. You know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a very real experience. What you see in filming was really like they capture everything, you know, like the days were just long and grueling. Yeah. I mean, not every day was as grueling as the one before or the next one, but, but a lot of them were, you know, you're tired. I didn't have much of an appetite when I got home. Although there is a scene where I am aggressively housing a sandwich and one of my fans wrote to me about it. And now when I watch what like episode three or whatever, it is all I can see is just like me, like just, I don't, it literally looks like I'm giving a blowjob to this sandwich. It's like all in cup anyway. Sorry. This is why Sorry the housewives, visual. no, this is why the housewives don't eat on camera. I'm never doing it again. Never. If I'm ever on, if I'm on camera again, I'm not eating on camera again. Maybe a salad. What about, was the show like, like, was it pitched to you what it is? Like, was it true? Like, okay, like this is what it is. It's apprentice style and it's to win like second in command, VP of what, like that all was accurate, right? Like everything was true. Like, you knew what you were getting into. Everything was true. Except the, th- the thing about, you know, that Bethany says about like, she creates the format as she goes. Like that's true though, too. So I was actually expecting because I, I had, I had watched a bunch of reruns, you know, so we had two weeks, right? So I'm gathering my, you know, getting my business together. We kept the podcast running. I, I had a team of four at the time. I'm a little downsized right now, unfortunately, but we're looking for more. So shoot me a DM if you want to come on the team. But um, so I had the girls, you know, get all the social content, get all the podcasts that is a get everything kind of queued up to run without me. We paused campaigns. And, you know, rescheduled them for on two sides, you know, on either at the beginning or at the end of filming. And then um, we, yeah, it was off to the races from there. But the, the thing about the format being something that she kind of went with on with her gut on is completely true. But I watched a lot of The Apprentice. And so I was expecting a more regimented show. <laughs> did you watch just Donald Trump or did you watch like the Martha Stewart Apprentice oh, that Bethany was on? Of course I watched the one with her and Martha and everybody always like asks me about 
you know, that similarity. Do you know that I, this has nothing to do with The Apprentice, but well, it does. I worked after the fact for Martha Stewart. I was in charge of hiring like HR and recruiting at Martha Stewart for Okay. So do you think Bethany would have been a good fit? Million dollar question. I mean, I no, no, no. It, it was a strange company in the sense that like, there was people so high up. I mean, really, I've never seen like CFOs, CEOs, lawyers, like general counsel, every, it didn't matter. We could work for 17 hours. I mean, I was in charge of HR and recruiting. And then like Martha could come in in like one minute, be like, I don't know, like, let's do it this way. And there'd be these tops of their departments being like, it's not that we can't do it that way. It's that we actually can't, like that doesn't work. And just Martha didn't understand. Like it just, and she just didn't care. Right. So So she kind of ruled with an iron fist. A little bit, a little bit. I have nothing against her. I get it. Listen, I mean, she's brilliant. Right. So like, I don't have an ax to really grind with her, but it was what you think. Like if she was coming in and like all the shades were not equal, you weren't supposed to have personal things at your desk. Like a lot of these stereotypes really were true. How about the scene where Bethany is like fixing the pillows? Yeah, <laughs> I'm just like, babe, you got so much fun. Let me do that. Um, no, she, totally. So wouldn't, she wouldn't have been a good fit. So what I, what I, I, I can see that. Cause I think that they are, they have different energies, right? They are different vibes, but actually, I mean, I know, ener- you know, Bethany and I sometimes clash on camera, but Bethany and I actually are more similar, I think, than her and Martha are just by, I, I might be biased. No, I, I would think but, so. And, and Bethany is, what's interesting is what you said about Martha. Bethany's different than that. Bethany actually really, and, and I think, look, part of it is the edit, right? They can, like, they film so much TV, you understand this, and they can only show whatever ends up in the, the 30 or 40 minute episode. And that's, that's, that's it. And I can't speak too much to things that, that don't make it there, but Bethany listens to other people's sides and her opinion can be changed. If you, if you understand why you want to do something a different way and you're clear with her, she's, she's there, she's locked and loaded and listening to you and she's willing to you know, hear it out to do it a different way if it makes sense. So I think that's really cool. I could see that about her. They didn't show that as much though. And I, I wish they would, maybe they will. Well, it's like you said, I mean, cause that's what I've read too about the show. And we've seen like, she's really, I'm sure she agreed with Mark Burnett as producing credit. Like I need to be able to change this on the fly. Like there's no formula, right. like the person she just made her assistant. She's like, we're not ready. You know, (laughs) recently, like we're not ready to let him go home. Like that's not, that wouldn't happen on like another show. Like she's really thinking. Crazy ass scene. Can you believe too that I didn't, I, how, what do you think the odds are? Like if you take a hundred people, how many of them do you think would have thrown him under the bus to try to stay? Wait, I have another question. Is there something that interferes with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? For me, listen, I love being the host of the Behind the Velvet Rope podcast, but bringing you guys five shows a week, tracking down the top Bravo celebrities to bring you new creative content every day, that causes me stress. It causes me anxiety. I'm not even going to get into the lack of sleep or lack of a relationship. So- I needed somewhere to turn. And for me, I turned to BetterHelp. I love BetterHelp because it's professional counseling right from the comfort of your own home. What they do is they match you with a licensed therapist who is a professional that fits your needs and the things that you want to talk about. So you may not have the same issues as I do. They also deal with LGBTQIA issues 
anger, grief, trauma. If you are having relationship issues, if you're in a relationship, good for you. I'm not. They really deal with everything and everything you share is confidential. So I cannot stress how much because of this job that I love so much, it has caused me some issues and better help really is a lifesaver. Right now, if you guys also want to start living a happier life, as a listener, you get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash velvetrope. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash velvetrope. Betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash velvet rope. And as a listener, you guys get 10% off your first month. Try it. I promise you, you are going to feel so much better once you talk to one of their licensed professional counselors. And listen, so many people have been using BetterHelp. They're actually recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. DM me. Let me know how it goes. This has been a lifesaver for me. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. I support, I didn't, I, I think that was like, I'm so glad I didn't. That was just my natural reaction. This wasn't premeditated because I had never had a clue what was going on. You walk in the loft, you don't know if it's another challenge or if it's an elimination or, or someone else is joining. You don't know. <laughs> did it, did it feel like boot camp when you were there? I mean, did you get like really competitive? You know, like I've had a lot of people that won America's next top model. Like, oh my God, like they say went on in that house. Like, you know, was it like, I don't care about these people. Like you are my competition, like for you. So I think it's hard for me. Right. I realized in, in filming this, that like I'm competitive, but more so with myself, I'm always trying to take my own game to the next level. I'm not somebody who would step on other people to get ahead. I I have boundaries when it comes to that. Um, So for me, it was a little tough. There were some people in the house that don't feel that way, especially one person in particular that bullies me constantly. I don't even have to say her name. And actually I won't say her name because that's probably what she wants. Um, But I think everybody who's been watching the show knows that I'm, I'm bullied regularly on that show by not Bethany at all by a contestant. When, right. Yes. So when you got it, you got there, at what point do you meet Bethany? Like after this thing starts? Like really um, soon, right away. You know, we had, we had the cocktail party, which I, I mean, I was like a bat out of hell. I was like, where's the rosé? <laughs> Time for a drink. I haven't seen humans in like a week, two weeks, you know, whatever. Like we obviously we followed all the CDC protocols, right? So it's like, I just hadn't been out of the house in so long. I was so happy to just talk face to face. And Brody was like the first person that I saw and like Brody's style. He has got some swag. So I was like, just eating it up. (laughs) Yes, you were. (laughs) You were eating it up. What about, did you, besides watching, so you watched the Martha Stewart apprentice, did you do anything else? Like, did you read Bethany's books? I mean, like, did you just sit there and were like, yes, you did. Yes, I did. And I, I didn't finish it before I went in, but you know, at night before going to bed, I pulled that book out again, got as far as I could, because I just really wanted to understand her as a person, because I mean, nobody's a perfect human being. I make mistakes all the time and I'm, I'm open to the feedback on them. And I think that 
you know, Bethany's had a challenging upbringing in some ways. And I wanted to just understand more about her career history too, because all of that shapes who she is today. And if I was going to be able to win and work for her, I need to know that story. I take, I took this very seriously. Like I showed up, you know, when how people like powder their nose, I powdered my, my nose with game face. <laughs> well, that's good. I mean, does that come up? Like, did that come up at any point? Like, I mean, I would think that's gotta help. Like, I mean, I would assume she would ask people like, what did I say in this book? I mean, I, I don't know. I would. I think, I think that it helped me. I don't, I don't recall really talking to her about reading her books. Um, but I think that it helped me in the photo shoot in episode two and three, right? That was, that was intense, right? That was tough for me. You know, I'm not going to lie and say that that was a a walk in the park. You know, no, nobody would, you don't catch that when you watch it. Right. But understanding why she was testing me by knowing her history, by listening to podcasts, right. I listened to every single podcast episode she'd done too on just be. So she had this one with Paris Hilton. She was talking about how everybody lied and cheated and stealed. And they were both sharing these just horror stories, about not being able to trust anyone that comes into their lives. And that's heart-wrenching to me. You know, I had one doorman incident in all of my 30-some-odd years on this planet. This is something that's been a recurring theme in her life. So I get why I was tested because, you know, she probably thought I was there for the wrong reasons at first. It's not like she knew how obsessed I was with her. And it's not like I could just say, I mean, that would have weirded her out even more, you know? Do you think you were like the most obsessed, not in a bad way? Like, were there other like super Bethany fans. I don't even know if fans is, and were there fans? Were there people there? Well, like, okay, forget about that for a minute. Did you watch <laughs> reality TV? Did you watch that? I mean, you watched the housewives. You of watched course, all yeah. this. I mean, within reason. So I watched the house- housewives a lot when I was building my DJ career and I just had a little bit more time. And then the last couple of years prior to the pan, you know, now with the pandemic, I'm like been watching everything too hot to handle. I'm there, you know, the circle I'm like, whatever. Too hot right? to handle honey is amazing. First of all, I mean, yeah. Watch it with the sound we, off. I mean, the bodies, you just. Yeah, the bo- sound off. Oh my too God. Too hot to handle is one of the best things that I has come it, along. I think it would be better with the sound off. Yeah. That's such a good tip. <laughs> I mean, I'm just like, look at all these bodies. Like I just need to, this is, I, I'm liking this, but it's a really good show too, but go on. So, so, I mean, yes, I, I just, there were a couple of years where I didn't watch as many of the, like the later seasons. Cause I literally, I worked seven days a week. I worked most nights, you know, so there just wasn't. And during the day I was preparing, I was doing marketing, I was doing outreach scheduling I would you know prepare my set practice and then at night I would play and so that was my life for several years to be able to make ends meet in the city there were no hand-me-outs like some people think or suggested um you know you don't when you go home to your parents and you tell them you know a nice midwest family you know my mom's a child of italian immigrants and you tell them you're moving to new york and and then you're going to be a dj trust me that's not anybody's ideal life plan for you (laughs) Well, I'm a nice Jewish girl. And this is why I went to law school and practiced corporate tax law. My parents, I mean, people are sick of hearing me say this, but literally my parents were like, you can go to med school or law school, or you can do box number three and pay for your own college. And I'm like, I'm not paying for my own college. Not there's anything wrong with that. I applaud people that do. I wasn't doing it. And so that's how I ended up in law school. So I, I get it. It's not parents don't clap at these creative careers so often. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, and look, and then and not everybody has an amazing podcast like you and not everybody, you know, is able to, to make DJing a bit. I mean, look, no one knew that a woman could be a DJ like this back when I started it. So in all fairness, I couldn't like send them, I, I guess, Mia Moretti, like there were really very few people that I could have said, you know, Pierce Hilton hadn't, hadn't even really done it yet. And that's different because she's a Hilton. There was like, I couldn't explain to them that this would work. I just knew in my gut, just like how I knew that the big shot was the right thing for me. 
I was going to say, do you look up to like Carolyn Demore, who's now in the Hills or like Paris Hilton as like DJs? Like, do you look up to people like that? Look, Paris has grown her skill level. I've, I've seen her play a couple of times. Um, I know there was like some scandal years ago about like some dude sitting behind on below the DJ booth. Do you remember this TMZ posted yeah. and, like sh- someone's hands were up, like turning the knobs for her. And like that person can't even see. Right. And they're like, they're trying to like, just by feel engineer the whole sound for the entire, like thousand people in this party or whatever. She's actually a great DJ. Now. I don't think that's happening. I've, I've tried to peep into the booth and get, you know, a firsthand look the last couple of times I saw her. And so totally, I totally respect what she does. She's you know, before the pandemic, she was, you know, had residencies in Ibiza. That's a dream. I would kill. Mm-hmm. I would give my right arm. I mean, maybe not my right arm because I probably need it, but I'd give Your something very, val- maybe some of my hair, just a, a little clip of my hair. Listen, for Ibiza, it's kind of worth it. <laughs> exactly. So you were there. What was the interaction like with that? Was it like what I'm thinking? You know, she was there for the competitions and to judge, but I imagine there wasn't like, let's hang out with Bethany when she wasn't filming. So first of all, the cameras were always on. That's how it works. Right. right? So, um, but second of all, I mean, Bethany is all about her business. She tells you, she says it in her book. She says it a number of times in the show. You know, she works. I've never in my life seen somebody that works as hard as her, does not complain, does not sit down, does not, I, I mean, luckily someone's there usually feeding her some water. Or, like I, I've never really seen her eat. So maybe she doesn't have time for that, but uh, she does have a great body. So something's going on there that's working well for her. But yes. her work ethic is just, unparalleled so no there was no uh there's a quote where I'm saying like I just thought we were gonna like drink some rosé and like empower all the babes together and like that did not happen unfortunately how did that quote go over with Bethany I mean okay like I you know me well enough by now to know that like I was half serious half kidding right like we do both build business we, we both try to build businesses I'm not saying that mine are at any anywhere near her level but we both care about empowering women right with products with information that they can use to live their best lives. So in a way we have a similar uh, mission in life, right? So I just thought, you know, that we would bond over that really was all I was saying. And I just said it in a really kitschy Valley girl kind of way. (laughs) I get it. I say this all the time with absolutely no ego. Like my business work style is is similar. I compare myself to Bethany. I do. do? Okay. I love that. Why do you say so? Explain why. Well, I mean, so I also, so I practice corporate. I have reinvented myself 800 times success. Like I practice corporate tax law. I quit. I went into recruiting, worked in staffing. Then I had my own staffing company for many years. I sold that. So like I've reinvented myself, but like I worked, like when I had my own company, I worked 8 trillion hours a day. And very close there too is how many, like I've worked my way through the pandemic. I work all the time. So I'm very much like, I don't care how we get there. We have to get there. So I don't really care if it's A to B. There's no right way to do something. Yeah. Like I'm more about the result and let's just do it. So and I'm a the Gemini. Same. You are the same. Yeah. And I'm a Gemini. Says- I can do 8,000 things at once. And I hear all of you just let me be. I, I, right. I, I know how to get this done, but go on. So I think, I think she's what a Scorpio. She I was trying to think if she was a Gemini, but I'm pretty sure that she's a Scorpio. Cause I think she's got a November birthday. If I remember okay. November or December, I'm don't quote me on that. You can fact check me, but, um, she always says, I don't care how the sausage gets made. Just, just get it done. And, and I mean, that's, I need to like, take, I've learned so many things from her, but that is another thing that I'm like way too in the weeds on some stuff with where, I mean, she even says that, that I, I'm actually too ambitious sometimes on my own 
projects, you know, like what would I have done better in that photo shoot? I would have actually taken my very ambitious idea, downsized it, incorporated her into the first shot instead of doing a day to night look, doing nights, you know, just redoing it and just putting Bethany in right away, which would have saved us a lot of miscommunications. What's like business-wise some things that just you take with you from this, like that you learn directly from Bethany where you're like, okay, this is actually great business advice. Yeah. I mean, like my level, like I thought I was tough. I am so much tougher now. Like the thickness of my skin, just to see even what that woman endures on a daily basis and doesn't get her panties in a bunch over is inspiring. Right. She just goes, goes, she's like the energizer bunny. Nothing gets her down. It's just, it's a straight hustle and it's, I respect it so much. So I think just, learning to just always keep going, learning to let everything just slide off your shoulders, to never take anything too personally, to just keep it moving, to take more of a high level view than getting too in the weeds. Like that was a thing that she talked to me about. You know, you guys have probably heard her say that to me already by now that I just need to get, I'm too in the weeds. Look at the big picture. I should have rearranged it. Right. Because she's the boss that with that photo shoot example, and I'm sure there'll be more examples, but I should have rearranged it and incorporated her first. And I, you know, I was nervous and there was so much going on. It was such an intense set at that photo shoot. I can't even tell you like that was, that was a nerve wracking challenge, especially because I knew that I could do really well at that because I shoot so much content. So I was like, I should have this in the bag. So I think I was putting added pressure on myself. Yes. And she made some remarks about like social media and like, there's more to like this than just posting on Instagram or I don't know the exact words. But she knows I'm good at it. (laughs) Well, you are good at it. What about you wore a crop top to the first meeting? I did. I didn't really realize it was a crop top. Like I thought it was just like a cute leather shirt. Like in my head, when I went to go get that rosé colored leather shirt out of my closet, I was just thinking like, this looks like Nicole Rosé. Yes, she does. Um, I wasn't thinking get out my ruler. Is there an inch or an inch and a half of midriff? Mom is going to be pissed, you know, which, which my mother would be pissed. So I'm sure that my mother sided with Bethany on that one. <laughs> Did you hear from your parents? Like, I mean, it was your, like, now I was like nervous. Insane. I was actually, I asked my sister, this is not a joke. I was actually so nervous about that being in the trailer. My mom didn't call me for three days. And I asked my sister and I was like, is mom mad though? And she was like, no, she's just busy with her own life. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> So after the, to me to think she's mad. No. So after the trailer, when Bethany makes a comment in the car, she makes a comment to you about the crop top. And then in the car says who the fuck or whatever she says, wear yeah. a crop top to a job. You thought your mother was mad. I, I thought my mom wasn't going to talk to me. I thought my, I was like, that's it. We're done. I'm, I'm done. Well, a, do you still have this crop top? I imagine. Mm-hmm. I do. It's in New York in one of my storage units and I will be getting it next week to maybe shoot some more photos with it. I feel like it's kind of famous now, this crop top. It's kind of famous now. (laughs) And B is, do you, do you disagree? I mean, it's okay to disagree with Bethany. Like, do you disagree about like, is it okay to wear a crop top to a job interview? And would you again? Okay. She was in a sequin jumpsuit. (laughs) We were at a shapewear shoot, (sighs) you know, so then she was in a bra and underwear. Um, I looked stylish. I would all, here's the thing. I would never misrepresent her brand. And I think she knows that about me, that I care very much that she looks good, that she looks professional. Now in a traditional working environment, I would think that that outfit would be inappropriate, especially if I was like interviewing at Goldman Sachs, probably not going to wear that. Definitely don't need puffy sleeves, you know, that's for sure. But, um, 
you know, I think in this environment, I didn't, you know, photo directors are typically very artistic. So I thought that it would be okay for this type of a scene that we were doing. And some of my other outfits were more, were more businessy. And after she said that too, I was like, I'm just going to keep it tight and <laughs> keep it real tight. <laughs> and I'm not saying I have a problem with it. I'm just asking if you agree with her, you know, do you, so, I mean, listen, there is similarities to me. Like you seem like you have the same energy as Bethany and forget about the same type of voice, the same semi look, not really, but there's similarities with it. I mean, do you think that's why she's was hard? I mean, she's been hard on you so far as compared to some other people. Like, do you think that's it? Like, does she see herself in you? Is she harder on you? I I think the, in the, in the first night in episode one, like I was annoying probably. Like, I think it was annoying to everybody that I just showed up so ready to party. Like, I don't think anybody else was on my level. So I think that's fair that she was like, who with a F is this girl, right? episode one. And then I think, you know, as it goes on, you see how hard I was there to work, you know, like I really brought my A game, but I also wanted to to have a good time. That's just who I am though. And I think Bethany being a non-traditional entrepreneur, you know, I think she does actually want somebody who's more corporate-y and keep in mind, I have not worked in an office in eight years, eight years. I didn't even think a crop tops on is inappropriate or not appropriate. Like I didn't even I don't remember the last time I had that thought about a work. Yeah. Outfit. I don't own work outfits. I own cool clothes. That's it. I don't own work outfits. Listen, <laughs> I might wear a blazer on a date, you know, but it, but it has a sexy bustier under it, or, you know, it's got a cool pair of slouchy jeans with it, you know? So I'm one of those weird people. Now, Martha would not agree with me because I don't even want to get into some of the things that were said to me by Martha many of which are legal, so entertaining. many of which are illegal. Well, when I come on your podcast, you can ask me many yes. questions about oh, we're this. doing it. We're doing it. Trust 100%. me. Love that. But you know, I'm very laid back. Like, I just think the world is like, it doesn't matter what you look. It's like the person who is worth, you know, millions and millions and millions of dollars and walks into mm-hmm. Rolex with like ripped jeans, a t-shirt tattoos, and looks like they're drunk off their ass, but yet could buy 17 Rolexes in cash. I just, I'm of that school of thought. Like, I don't care what you wear, wear whatever the fuck you want. Um, We're millennials, I think. And, and, you know, they're from a different generation. So I completely understand it. Yeah. I mean, Martha's maybe not from a different generation than Bethany. You know, I don't, I don't know. That's a little much, a little too much math for me. (laughs) Yes. And yes. What about, (laughs) you know, so you have this certain edit, you know, you have, listen, you have the loud mouth edit. You've got it. A loud mouth, crazy ass edit. I have a crazy ass edit for sure. Well, I mean, that's part of the reason why I personally love you. So, I mean, could you tell this was happening? You know what I mean? Like, and is it accurate? Like when you watch it back, are you like, okay, you know, I get it. Or are you like, oh my God, look what happened. Not in a bad way, just in a like, oh. There were a couple cringy moments. Okay. Like, uh, you know, I, I would say like my pitch in episode one to her. That was, you know, that was an edit. My HSN pitch to her, some of that was in the edit. You know, can't say any more really than that. But there, there are a few moments where like, I was just like, oh my God, like no wonder half of America is tweeting that they think I'm a crazy narcissist. Like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> like, I agree with them. It's like awkward, right? I, I'd hate me too in some of those edits. <laughs> you got a certain edit. Have you gotten a lot of like the social media? Like, you know, everyone gets it. Like you've, you've gotten a lot of hate coming your way. 
I mean, not as I think the first week we saw. Look, I don't want to be like I wasn't ready for it. I knew what I was getting into. I'm not stupid. I've been on Instagram a long time. I think there are a number of points in my career where things like that have happened, you know, where people haven't liked something that I've said politically or about BLM because I was a big supporter. I, you know, I was a big supporter of, of Trump just getting out of office, not so much Biden. But so there are sometimes I say things that people don't like. So I have dealt with internet trolls before. Um, the first week was like, I was like, maybe I don't read all the DMs. Maybe my assistant reads some of these and lets me know which ones to read, you know? And then, and now I don't think that we're having that situation because I think that they've shown my character evolve a lot more, (laughs) luckily. (laughs) Yes. And it's just good to get used to like, this is what it is. I I say nothing and I have internet trolls. So there you go. I get them just based on the people I choose to bring on five days a week. It could be that too. I didn't fucking say it, people. It's not, didn't come out of my fucking mouth. So yeah, it's like, you're not married to these podcast guests. You're just talking to them. But I think it's good to have online hate. I do because it, A, well, A, it means you're big. I mean, I think if it's all positive comments, no one's listening except your friends. And I think it just, you learn to not give a fuck about what anyone thinks. Once again, that's what I'm saying. My, my thick skinness has increased through this whole experience. And I'll always be grateful for that. What about, you know, as you watch this back now with the edit, like, what do you think is the biggest misconception about you? Like when people, you know, watch and they think they know you, like, what do you think is the biggest misconception about this edit? I think like the, the narcissist comment really bothers me. Like I'm not a narcissist. I'm just a confident woman who's worked really, really hard. Sometimes work 23 days straight, you know, traveling and DJing and whatever to make ends meet, to build my career, to build a name for myself. So that's, that's a hard one for me to hear you know, because I really, I feel like I deserve the level that I'm at in my career and it didn't come overnight. I mean, it took eight years. <laughs> it's like not easy. At first I was at the freaking bottom, like. And in New York and it's not, you know, it's not easy here. Yep. You we know. have no room for that. What about, you know, Martha Stewart, Bethany was in the final two and basically didn't get the job because she was too, according to Martha, boisterous and loud. I mean, it's kind of what Bethany says to you so far. I mean, that's she tells me to tone it down. She tells me to tone it down. And honestly, I think you guys can tell, like in episode three and four, like I just put my head down and I just worked even even harder. Although I did work my butt off at that photo shoot. I was like, no time for drama, no time for commas. You try, you try to come up to me and have a side combo. I'm, I'm shutting you down. I'm just about, I was like, no, 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 no. And just like literally so laser focused on my work. Cause I knew that my work would speak for itself and that she would understand that I heard her, you know, that's all you can really do. You, you can't tell somebody you, I mean, you can try to tell them till you're blue in the face. Hey, I heard you. I'm going to do better. I'm going to do this, but I know Bethany and what she wants is to see results. So that's what I did. Well, that's the thing I found out through just managing people. Like that's my pet peeve. Like if I sit you down and tell you, all you have to do is change a, B and C, and then you don't, then I'm like, this is annoying. So like, she did tell you that. And that's probably, I mean, that's part of what she's looking for, like growth and listening and saying like, I can change. Well, she did make you cry. Yes. I mean, was Bethany I'm kind of a crier though? I mean, I, I should probably just say that. Poor Bethany, she probably doesn't know that. I mean, I'm just an emotional person. I'm a sensitive person. I love people. I'm very like empathic, so I feel things. I was probably also like very hangry at that point in the day, sleep deprived. 
<laughs> feeling all, all the, the feels. Yeah. But I mean, but look, I was stressed. I was very nervous. You know, I really wanted to make her happy. And I was just, I felt like we were off on the wrong foot. Was she abusive to you? No, no. I mean, look, I think that, you know, it's kind of like that everybody deserves a trophy attitude. Like I just, I don't subscribe to that. I don't think that when you sign up for a competition show like this with Bethany Frankel, the mogul herself, that it is going to be easy. If you think it's going to be a walk in the park, if you can't take the heat, you're not cut for, you're not cut from the right cloth. And that like, you know, this, like I said, I grew a lot. I toughened up. And even my dad would have probably told me to like, stop being such a little bitch and so, you know, in some of it, and like, he's just not around anymore. But I think that he would have been happy about what I went through in this process too. So no, at no point was she abusive. And I, I really, that, that rhetoric pain is painful for me to hear because Bethany is, she did a lot for all of us. I mean, look at the opportunity that we were all given and I'm here now talking to you about it and sharing all the things I learned that can help other people. Well, have you seen a lot of the stuff online? Like a lot of people have come to your defense and they're right. They are putting that rhetoric out that Bethany's abusive and going in a step further and saying like, this whole show doesn't work in 2021. Yeah, like, it's, it's very different... awkward because I, I mean, I just, it's not a conversation I feel comfortable getting involved in. I appreciate people caring about me, of course. And that was a hard day, but I'm, I'm not like a wounded bird still crying over spilled milk. You know what I mean? Like we're good. Everything's groovy. And once again, like I said, she was testing me. And as someone who's a DJ, a content creator, quote unquote influencer, I understood why she was testing me based on her experience as a celebrity and people trying to pass one over on her. Like that is normal, to be honest. You know, it's just tough. It's what you're going to have to do if you got the job. Exactly. What do you think is the biggest misconception of Bethany after like going through this boot camp and like, you know, seeing her work style and, you know, being there. I mean, it would just be that like the big, the big bad boss thing. She like, and like, I don't like it when people say like, oh, she was mocking us. She's just poking fun. I think people are taking her a little too seriously. And some of it needs to be taken with a grain of salt. It's entertainment. She is the best entertainer. Mic drop, right? (laughs) Yes. She's really good at what she does. Right? Yeah. I mean, the fact that she's a business, like, did you even, I mean, I watched, I'm a huge Shark Tank fan too. Like she's great on Shark Tank. Listen, it's like you had a great idea and you use the right platform to get there. And so that's brilliant. Also, I mean, not to mention be strong. Like, I mean, that's the thing. Bethany is like, I don't understand. Like you just learn a new thing, move out of my way. Now I'm going to go help people in crisis. Like, do you think Bethany could be president? Um, I love that story. Um, that would be amazing. I don't know. I, I think she could do it, right? But I don't know that that's something that she would want to do. And I don't know if Trump, like, kind of fucked it up for people, like, being, like, you know, just the way that he did things. I don't know if that will leave room for another reality mogul to take to take the, you know, the presidency in the future. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. And once again, like I said, she's given interviews saying that she's, it's not something that she's currently considering, but once again, that could change. And I don't know, she's, she's pretty fucking smart. So she'd get my vote. Let's put it that way. What is next for you as we wrap up, you know, this experience? I mean, and I know you can't give us any spoilers, but what can you tell us about the rest of the season and what's next for you in life? So, so I'll give you this little teaser. 
and I've been waiting to share this here because I think that you're amazing. Um, So there is a challenge coming up where I just literally like faceplant. Like I just absolutely bomb and it is like probably the worst bombing of my entire life. And I hope no one's listening at an airport to this on loud or something, right? They're, they they're going to be they're sending be security like, dogs over on? there. Um, but I, I just, I faceplant so hard in this episode that it will probably impact my ability to get married in the future. So I will let your brains keep churning on that. It is a very intense, weird challenge and I can't say too much more on it, but get excited because it is just, it is a just total hot mess. It's not, there's nothing even hot about it, but it might be hot uh, based on some of the challenge. What are you single now? And what's your type? I'm so single and join the um, club, honey, join the club. Right. So if, if any, if any straight men listen to this, you know, I'm looking for like a, a, an inch over five, eight, um, you know, financially secure, really smart, funny. You got to have a sense of humor and you got to be able to take my sense of humor. So call me sweetie there are three straight men in the world listening to this chat right now there are 98 percent women and there's one and a half percent gay men yes we have a little bit of gay men but it's mostly women and then the rest i love it well maybe the gays know or maybe the girls will set me up you never know they might know someone and before we go i mean like what's next i imagine when covid's over your dj career it can't hurt from this platform right we're starting, we're picking up a couple of gigs for May. I'll be flying to New York for them next week. Um, and you know, the podcast, right? So Big Queen Energy is alive and well. We'll be airing new episodes in June. We will definitely have you on to talk about Martha, the Apprentice, Bethany, all things working hard as fuck. Um, I've and got then, a lot to say. Oh yeah, you do. We're doing this. Um, and then I'm also launching a mindset mentorship that was really born out of just my experience studying psychology and communications, but also in the show, you know, really having to pump myself up in the mirror using mantras to increase my confidence. I mean, there were times I was really nervous, you know, so um, I want to be able to share this morning routine that I've built to, you know, up level your own mindset with other women. So we'll be launching that beta over the summer. I love it. I hope you go far in the process. I will come on your show. You will come back on this. And um, when you're in New York, I'll like DM you when you're in New York, we'll have a drink. I would love that. And I'm putting you on my schedule to reach out soon. For real. Where can everybody find you online? Yeah. So you can find me at Nicole Rose Stillings, or just if you type in Nicole Rose on Instagram, I'll be the first thing that pops up. Um, Stillings is S-T-I-L-L-I-N-G-S in case you need to know. And Big Queen Energy Pod. So Big Queen Energy Pod on Instagram or bigqueenenergypod.com. That's how you can get to the podcast. I love it. It's such a good podcast. Everyone needs to check it out. They need to check out your perfectly curated Instagram. They need to watch you the rest of the season. DM me, keep in touch. Nicole Rose Stillings. Thank you so much and keep in touch. Thank you so much. You were amazing. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Hey everyone. We have recently sat down, as you know, with DJ Nicole Rose. And since we have only a week or two ago, Big Shot with Bethany has now ended. A lot has happened. And so as a follow-up, let's end on a positive note. We invited back the one and only Miss DJ Nicole Rose Stillings. (laughs) Hello, honey. How are you? Thanks for having me back. You get a formal introduction. So Big Shot with Bethany is over, man. 
I know. Oh my God. It feels like, so this is so weird. It feels like I'm going through a loss, right? Like I, like I had like a major breakup and I'm mourning it. Why? Cause like, okay, so you didn't win. I didn't win. No, I mean, yeah. Are you disappointed? So, okay. I'm not disappointed that I didn't win. I'm very happy for the winner. I think Maloxie is incredible. I think that she's qualified. Um, you know, there were certain things through the process that surprised me and were slightly disappointing. Like, look, I gave them the content, so I'm not going to like play the blame game everywhere. But like some of my edits were <laughs> uh, like, you know, I had to take some deep breaths watching it back because <laughs> I'm like, wow, that's a little different from like who I, you know, am in real life. Um, Could you tell that she was going to win? Like I've talked to people on other reality shows, like on The Bachelor, all the bachelors tell me, oh, it was obvious this person was like in love with this one. They were going to make it to the final two or something. Could you tell? I always thought Maloxie was going to win. And then when she had that one-on-one with Bethany, I really thought, like I was so excited for her because I thought, look, I thought that I made her like an Olympian comeback, but that like winning was probably not in the cards for me, which is fine because I have, you know, my own businesses and I, I... truly didn't want to give them up. So um, I wanted Maloxie win. Also, she was my BFF and my last friend, you know, in the running, but she was like really uncertain about it. So I didn't, I, you know, I, I believed in her the whole time and, and hopefully that helped her a little. Have you talked to her since? Like, do you know what's going on with her? We talk all the time. I was like texting her on the way to a date on Saturday night. Um, we like give each other pump up talks like regularly. It's now like the new thing that we do. I mean, <laughs> is this like a real job? Like, is she going to go work for Bethany Frankel? So that is still TBD to my knowledge. Um, I think that they are, are negotiating, right? Because nothing can really happen before the series is aired. If you think about it, right? So she couldn't have like started, you know, January one at, skinny girl brands. So she needed to, you know, wait, wait for the show to air. So I hope that that works out well for both of them. And this is just a question of my own because nobody knows this, like in the apprentice in the old days, like you knew it was a $250,000 job. Does anyone know what this job of VP of operations, number two in command pays? Cause I really truly would like to know. I have no idea. I do understand from, you know, the original, uh, agreement that it was based on each individual applicant's experience, right? Because we are all different ages, have different experience levels. So I understand that, right? Somebody who's been in a corporate, you know, operations role for a de- two decades longer should certainly be paid at their experience level. Totally. So also part of the reason I wanted to talk to you is to see kind of how you are. So here's the thing. Like I feel, this is just how I feel from interviewing over 300 people on this behind the Velvet Road podcast. If you look online and you read everything, everything says like Bethany bullied you. She made you cry. I mean, we don't need to read that. We saw it. Right. I mean, like, uh, did you hold back on me last time? I mean, were you just trying to be overly <laughs> polite? Cause that's how I feel. So not, I would never intentionally hold back on you. Okay, boo. We're like real friends. Remember we had wine on Friday. Um, I I know, but this is, but we didn't have wine at that point. Now we've had wine and now here we are. Yeah. And I know you better. So I guess, you know, I think that it's been a lot, you know, the the honest truth is that it's, it's been a lot for me to wrap my head around. You know, you have one experience going through and filming it and I'm going to be hundred percent honest filming this show was the most intense, stressful, challenging thing I have ever done. Like there were moments where I had to look myself in the mirror and give myself a pep talk 
to get back out there, right? Like that photo shoot, even, even at HSN, I was so stressed when I found out that we were selling because I know how much money doing a bad job could lose for her business, you know? Yeah. So there were moments where I really was like having an inner personal meltdown during filming and then watching it back and like seeing how everything was edited and what was used and not used. I had new meltdowns about that, you know? And, and like, once again, like I said, I gave them the content to make me sound like a narcissistic psycho who talks too much in the first, uh, first and second episode. So I'm taking ownership of that. However, it was hard for me to watch. Do you think, cause you said this when you were here, it's earlier in this episode, you said that when you were cast producer said, which I could see like you're either Bethany's either going to love you or she's going to hate you. Do you feel like you were cast? I don't know, like as the prop, as like the, you know what I mean? She's either going to love you or hate you. Like, you know, like on The Bachelor, there are people that are cast as the comic relief. And I don't know. I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but do you feel you were cast like as the prop of like, this girl is here to ruffle Bethany's feathers, like wind her up and go. <laughs> I think that's true, especially looking back on, you know, the, the way everything panned out. I think that it took me some time to get back into Bethany's good graces, but you guys saw me try. I gave it a valiant effort in the last, you know, episodes four five and six. I really put my head down, put blinders on, stayed out of the drama and tried my hardest. Um, but yeah, I think, I think probably even Bethany has a love hate relationship with me now. You know, I mean, I don't, do, do you think she wanted me to be in memes and, and sharing as much screen time? Like, I don't know. I have, you know, I have no idea. We haven't had, you know, a ton of, of conversation back and forth after the show launched. I mean, have you reached out and has she gotten back or is she just like, who are you? I've posted a couple like Instagram stories and she's posted me a few times. And so of course I like hearted and repost her and she's, she's, I hearted and repost her. And she's also like hearted some of the stories that I've posted. I forget if she reposted anything or not. Um, you know, I think that we have this like poking fun at each other attitude. And like, that's totally okay with me. I think, I think about it, like the people who are willing to poke fun at you sometimes love you the most, you know, like I would only make fun of somebody that I actually liked. Cause it would be like really awkward to make fun of somebody that you hate. I don't know. That kind of crosses a border for me of like from being lighthearted to nasty. Um, so I think that we're probably in that kind of like, you know, like, yeah, we're not going to sit at a desk, eat at, go get froyo and green tea and matcha together and like spill the guts on our sex life every day. Right. But I think we're in that space where like, you know, we could get together and have a glass of rosé and like maybe talk about something not business related. You want to be friends with Bethany. I would love to be friends with Bethany. I, I would still like the opportunity to get to know her a little bit more outside of business mode, Bethany, right? Boss mode, Bethany. She like, she kind of just had one mode when we were filming the show and you see that reflected back when you're watching the show. And that is definitely like really who she is, but I'm sure there's like a softer side to her, maybe a more fun side. You know, sometimes you, she, she posts like Insta stories dancing with her daughter. Like, can I DJ that private party? Like that looks fun. Can we jump on the couch and have a pillow fight? <laughs> you think there's a softer side to Bethany? I don't know. I mean, I see it in her Instagram, but once again, I'm like an eternal optimist. They, you know, like, like, like I said, I think everyone thought that she was either going to love me or hate me. And like, of course I thought, well, she's going to love me because we're similar and I'm going to win her over. I didn't think, oh, there's that also 50% chance she's going to hate me. Like I always see everything with like the glass half full, if that makes sense. That makes sense. What about, I mean, 
Because all these people say all day that she bullied mm-hmm. you. Like, did you feel bullied by her? Like when you were in it? I think that Bethany, like, I think, I think that I was bullied in a sense, but not as much from Bethany. I mean, there were other cast members that just kind of had it out for me. And I think when, you know, when top down sets the attitude, right. But Bethany, I think was more testing me than bullying me, if that makes sense. And the reason I say that is because, you know, someone at her level, probably seeing someone at my level, who's quote unquote, an influencer, right? Like I hate that term, but I think she probably wondered why I was truly there, right? Just like the bachelor guy is going to wonder, like, are these girls here for me, right? Are they here for the right reasons? I think Bethany was testing me. And I, and I, and I look, it was hard for me to live through that, but do I think that's kind of fair? Yeah. But like, do I also like kind of need a therapist right now? Yeah. Like definitely got a little PTSD locked up in there and I <laughs> had a couple of nightmares, not going to lie. <laughs> what's the PTSD from? And like, what are the nightmares from? I think part of it is just, I've been in control of my own brand for eight years. That's how long I've been off my own. I haven't worked for anybody else. And so then putting like my fate, my brand, my image in the hands of essentially strangers was like a really unnerving experience for me. And, and, you know, after seeing the, the first couple of edits, I even just that intro video where they like leaded with the line about me going viral about something so crazy, but didn't offer, you know, the background on it. And it like kind of made me look a little extra, okay, a lot extra. And I was like, shit, well, this is what it's going to be, you know? And look, once again, I gave them the content, right? Um, but I thought that some of it would have more context around it. And, and, I had a nightmare, like while the episodes were airing, maybe more than once that I was going to like show up in one of the episodes, like topless. And I don't don't know why I would be topless in a business competition, but like, this was just like a reoccurring nightmare that I was having. And I'm pretty sure that is by the book, post-traumatic stress disorder. If you're having nightmares about filming the show and it's been over (laughs) for a while and now it's over airing, are you really going to, I mean, you might possibly really reach out to a psychiatrist. I mean, not this. a psychiatrist. I think that would be like a new level. Like I, I'm somebody who believes in, um, I, I think a lot of us have control over our, our own mental health. Obviously people with chemical disorders need, you know, medicine to help them get to a balanced place. For me, I know myself well in my 34 years on this existence, going through losing my father, through filming things like this, through other, you know, ups and downs and the pandemic and being an entrepreneur. I know that if I'm I can be up on my own mental health with my own processes, but I always do. You know, I think that now is probably an opportunity to reach out to a therapist I use when my dad passed and just have a conversation, have a check-in, see where we're at and see, you know, what tools and suggestions he has that are outside of my daily routine. I mean, are you worried about the, the, what came out on the show, like affecting your business, you know, like because of your edit, so to speak? So I don't think so. I think at first I was very nervous about that in the first two episodes. And then over time, I think, thank God, you know, seriously, like I'm spiritual. Thank the Lord that they showed more of who I am on the inside. You know, they showed when I stuck up for Corey, I was unwilling to throw him to get ahead in business because that's not who I am. They showed when I, you know, when I supported Maloxie, I stood up for Maloxie to Wendy and I said, look, you're complaining about having everything on the line. Here's a person who has everything on the line. Calm down. We all have a lot on the line. You know, that was really sticking up for the whole group. And, you know, 
about her just trying to make it into a personal drama saga of some sort. And, you know, I stood up to her, but then I even showed her compassion for her own issues because nobody should have to deal with cancer at that age. And, and even if people don't love us, I think we should challenge ourselves to be, to be higher, to be better, to take the higher road. And so I'm really grateful that they didn't cut all those authentic moments out. Yeah, those are some good moments. <laughs> are you disappointed? Like, did you expect to hear from Bethany all the time, like when the show was over or? I think that, well, I thought that she was going, you know, she said I won the prize in episode five. So she said that she was going to post my video on social media. I still have yet to see that happen. Um, she did post, like there was a personal video that I recorded that they didn't show, but she did post the video that we made with our graphic designer, but I didn't get credit. You know, there was no tag. Some of my friends were posting it and tagging me and tagging her because they think they knew. So I guess I was thinking, you know, just maybe a little bit more, you know, credit based on, you know, the fact that we, like I said, in episode two, we all gave up a lot to be there. Um, and I'm not sure that that's been fully acknowledged. And she was supposed to post that video as a result of winning that competition, right? I mean, yeah, that's how she I said took she was it. going to. So, I mean, look, she's a busy person. It could very well like be in her content calendar for this week, right? And then I would be like so embarrassed saying that because like, it's not that she has to do everything like immediately. I understand that she has other priorities too. I just figured it would go up when the other Be Strong video went up. What's going to happen if the video never goes off? Are you going to be totally upset? You know what? I think I'm just, at this point, I think I have to take this whole experience with a grain of salt. I have to focus on the positives. You know, it's been a ride. It's been a ride. It's been very up and down for me. It's been, it's reminded me of some of the stress I had during filming. And then, you know, like I said, there's been new stress watching it back and being uncertain about my edits and being portrayed a certain way. And I think quite frankly, there's so, I I have to focus on what I can take out of it. And there's so much that I learned and we've really connected with hundreds, if not thousands of truly amazing women that feel like they were inspired or uplifted in some way by my character or by myself, whichever it is in the show. Um, And so that inspires me. It's motivating me to get my mindset mentorship program off the ground immediately. We had women writing in last week that they're ready to start, that they want to sign up tomorrow. And so now we're going to launch June 14. So I'm really just trying to take all of this um, and figure out what's next for me. And that's as a result of the show, right? All these women writing in and the fact that this internship is starting like right away. So that's got to be a positive thing, right? Totally. It's such a positive thing. I think the show really reminded me the value of my mindset morning routine. I've always done this since I went off on my own to get grounded, to get centered and to be able to be a killer for my own business every single day. And now I have a game plan down where I know exactly what I do every single morning that will have the biggest impact on my positivity and my mentality that day. As we wrap up, are you ready for more reality TV? So I am, I don't want to be like, I'm so ready, but like, I also do kind of feel empowered from this because it did uplift people and it would be so fun for me if it was like slightly less intense, you know, like maybe it doesn't have to be a competition. Maybe, maybe we could just drink some rosé. Like, I don't, (laughs) maybe we could just talk about life. (laughs) Maybe. Yeah. Like, I don't even know what that show would be. Maybe like, uh, I don't know. 
like a half gallery girls from Bravo's past, but about entrepreneurs and yes, not totally. housewives. You know what else too? I like secretly really like the circle and I like think I'd be very Such a good, good at it. So um, that has like obviously been on my radar for, you know, since it's been launching just because I think it's cool, but not because I never like thought to apply, but now all the girls on my team are like, oh my God, you would be so good on the circle, like blah, blah, blah. And, and I think it's exciting to hear that people are saying that they want to see more of that on TV, because I, I do think that I was able to shine as a positive voice on the show. So I hope to do more of that. You were authentically yourself. So people can't knock that, right? It's empowering watching someone else just be comfortable in their own skin. And I'm not going to say it was easy every day. Like, like I said, there were moments I had to go to the bathroom, shed a tear, you know, pour one out for the homies, wipe myself off and get the hell back out there. But that's also, you know, where my whole mantra of I'm a fucking queen came from. And, and that's why we renamed the podcast Big Queen Energy. Well, that's the best name for the podcast. You are the one that everyone is talking about. So I feel that you've won Big Shot as far as uh-huh. that goes. Thank you I mean, so much. Where, what, where can everyone find you? Just remind us again. Yep. So you can follow me on Instagram. It's just Nicole Rose or Nicole Rose. Last name is Stillings. It will, it will all pop up, but that's a mouthful. Um, and you can follow the podcast at bigqueenenergypod.com or bigqueenenergypod on Instagram. I love it. You and I will go out for another rosé. And you're coming on the pod, so we'll stay tuned. I am ready, that. honey. Although I don't think you drank rosé. Did you drink rosé on Friday night? I, I didn't think- on Friday, but I do I do consume copious amounts of rosé. So I think you yourself. wanted a rosé and they didn't have it or something. I don't know. I, I yeah, have no sometimes memory. Sometimes I'm in a, in a white wine mood. It just kind of depends on the vibe. It was a white wine Rosé is more of a turn up. To me, rosé is my day drink. It's vodka <laughs> at night and rosé during the day. It's a nice, relaxing, you know, it's a brunch drink. We will keep in touch. Thank you for updating us. It's been a pleasure. I loved watching this season. We will keep in touch. DM me, text me, and thank you for the update. You're the best. Thanks for having me. You're the best. Don't work too hard. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review. Because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones. And the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're Behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you, guys. See you soon.